Hi, Stephanie. It's Lindsay with Bravo My Communications. Doing good. All right. So I am getting ready to record. I'm kind of getting a microphone check real quick. Could you do me a favor and do a check mic one, two? Uh, checking the microphone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, perfect. All right. Are you ready to get this started? Yes, I am. Okay. For Lost Curses today, I'm Lindsay Calson, and on the phone today, we're celebrating a somber anniversary this week here in Las Cruces, and I have Stephanie Valle. You know her as the best as the news anchor over at KVIA down in El Paso, and Stephanie also has an amazing podcast that I just found out about. So first of all, thank you for informing me, Stephanie, because I got addicted to your page on your podcast. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. It's, it's really it's important for these stories to be heard and shared. And I, I just think it's a really wonderful um, opportunity to talk to you about the latest episode that I have. So thank you. Yes. Now, the, the podcast is called Borderland Crimes. And your episode this week actually centers around the massacre at Las Cruces Bowl 30 years ago today on February 10th. That's right. Um, this is something that here at KVIA, we have dedicated ourselves to making sure that people are aware of this horrific crime, mainly because it still is not solved. It's been 30 years today, like you said, and it's really awful. Um, Seven people were shot in an armed robbery at Las Cruces Bowl, and four of those people died at the scene, and then one of the victims ended up dying nine years later from her injuries. And what's really awful about this crime is that a majority of the victims were children. Two of them were 12 and 13. They were there to man the daycare. And then there were two victims, ages six and two. And they were the two young daughters of an employee, Stephen Beran, who had taken his children there because he didn't have a babysitter and his wife was at school. So it's really awful. Um, these, these two men went into the bowling alley to rob it. And they um, took thousands of dollars from the safe, and they had all of these people held in an office. And then as they were leaving, they they opened fire on them, and they shot all of them point-blank range. Um, it's it's horrific. These people were shot in the head, including the children. And, and then they left. And ever since then, it's been just a search for who these people are, what the motive could have been, and the Las Cruces police have been unable to answer those questions, unfortunately, for the victims, and um, they just have not received closure. And I was able to talk to one of the victims um, for the podcast. Her name's Ida Olguin, and she was just telling me about that day and what her life has been like, and as you can imagine, she's suffering post-traumatic stress, and it's hard for her to move on. She is... She has recovered. She looks fine, but she's dealing with headaches and the and the tra- the trauma of of living through this horrific day and and not being able to fully move forward because she doesn't know who did this to her. They were never caught. The case has never been solved. It is considered a cold case with the Las Cruces PD and surrounding police departments have even gotten involved in this investigation. And that's really what your podcast is going to center on this week. That's right. So I was able to speak with the former police chief or the police chief at the time and Ron Axtell. He really talks about the case, especially to media, just because it's it's so hard for him. But he opened up to us just about what he saw and how the investigation went forward. 
also what he thinks may have hampered the investigation um, in those first hours that it, it went down. Um, we also sp- spoke to Detective Mark Myers, who handled the case for about a decade, um, and how he approached the, the case and how he went about. He thought he had some really great leads. Um, unfortunately, they didn't go anywhere, and, and his regrets, but also he has some theories about um, what what could have uh, what could have led to this crime, and also he talks about issues that, um, you know, that that hampered the investigation that are completely out of his control because he took on the case when it had already been 10 years in. And we speak to the detective who's currently overseeing the investigation. He couldn't say as much because he's handling the investigation and he doesn't want to um, impede it in any way, but he tells us that he's still developing evidence and he is still pursuing it and he wants people to know that he is still um following up on leads and and there's a lot of resentment if you will from um people i've spoken to who have been impacted by this case because they they don't understand why the case is still not solved and when you see on the news that cases that have been cold for 10 25 years are resulting in in arrests and convictions, they don't understand why this one has not. And, and he addresses that as well. And I think we, we hold out hope when we hear of other cases that have been that far cold being solved right. these days. I think here in Las Cruces, we kind of wait in bated breath of when are they going to solve ours? Exactly. And and that's that's what the detectives are waiting for. They, The detective is currently handling the case, Detective Amador Martinez. He says that he believes that they have all the evidence they need. They just need someone to come forward with information. And that's what all three of these detectives believe is that someone still is holding information that can lead to a break in the case. And so they encourage people to go and call Crime Stoppers because they, they feel like it's it's not just the people who witnessed the crimes um, who could solve this case, but also the people who may know the people who did it, who may just have a name of someone who they think may have done it. And they are just saying, you know, if just if anyone can just come forward with information to give them that little bit so they can move forward. Uh, Detective Martinez believes it's a combination of of the evidence they have and and people talking who, that will finally solve this case. And, and we can only hope because 30 years is a very long time. It's longer than the lives of many of the victims who died that day. Right. I, I want to hear so much more, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Where do we find your podcast? How do we listen? Well, you can go to our website, kvia.com, and it is there um, under the crime section of the, the news tab. But another way to do it is also going to Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe to Borderline Crimes. There are several other episodes that I've been working on since last year. And also, um, you can go to Google Play, and you can find it there as well, Borderline Crimes. And it's um, something that's it's, uh, it's a big project that we've taken on here, but we know that it's important to have these stories out there, um, especially cold cases, because if there's someone who's hearing it, maybe they'll feel something to go to come forward if they have information. Exactly. Or maybe they never knew they had the information before. Stephanie, thank you so much for not being afraid to talk about this. 
No, thank you. It, it's so it's so important, especially since it's been so long, um, to give these people closure to help this these people move forward in their lives because that's all they want is just to know who did it. You can find out more with Stephanie's podcast, of course, Borderland Crime. Subscribe to her channel. She has amazing episodes from leading up to this as well. And on this, the week, the anniversary of the Las Cruces Bowl with Las Cruces Today, I'm Lindsay Calson, Stephanie Valle from KVIA. Thank you so much. Lindsay, thank you for your time. Perfect, Stephanie. All right.